0: Welcome to the Awakening Shalom podcast. The Awakening Shalom podcast is an opportunity for digital faith formation at Myers Park Baptist Church that accompanies the Awakening series, a year-long journey of exploration and discernment which invites all people to come learn about the current social justice issues of the day and how they impact our faith. What we are awakening to is Shalom, the Hebrew word for the peace and beauty that exists when we are living in right relationship with God, ourselves, other human beings. And all created things.
1: Welcome back to the Awakening Shalom podcast. We are in our Advent or Apocalypse? Question mark series. Ooh. I am Mia McLean, and I'm here today with
0: Ben Boswell.
1: That's right. We have a new guest on this week. <laughs> uh, well, not new to you if you listen to the podcast, but yes. for the first episode of this particular series, we opened up with uh, Reverend Carrie Veal and I. So now we're adding a little bit of spice onto it today as we dive deeper into Advent.
0: I'm happy to be here. Yes. Good. Good. This is a good topic.
1: It is a good topic. Um our last week that we were in was hope. And now we're moving into Peace Week, so just keep that in mind as we as we chit chat about some things.
0: Um Can I stop you right there with yes. a fun tidbit in fact? Okay, yes. So one of the things about Advent that a lot of people don't know, particularly in our tradition, is that the, the each week having a theme to it mm-hmm. of hope, peace, joy, and love. Was actually invented by some Methodists hmm. years ago, and they those themes don't don't nestle up very well with the lectionary readings. They do not, <laughs> <laughs> and they are not the only approved Advent themes that have ever existed in human history. Wow, you're teaching me something. I had a uh, a friend who was a Capuchin monk. Which is kind of like a Franciscan so okay. cousins of the Franciscans <laughs> that sent me a document one time because I was curious about Advent with forty five different Advent themes that you can do in the series the season of Advent. And we've been stuck in these four? for and Why? Why? Because they're the most familiar oh. that people know. Hope, peace, joy, love. I, I mean, they uh, kind of work for people, so. But, um, yeah, there are many, many, many others. Okay. That you can do. I'll, I'll send you the list.
1: Interesting. Yeah, and we'll get more into some of that, the Methodism, Good. and, and as, we get, as we move further through this episode, I'm curious to hear about that as somebody who is a bit of a novice mm. when it comes to Advent. Um, and so I want to open up with something a little fun, Ben. Okay. So what is your favorite Christmas song?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we start with the what, least favorite and work our okay. way to okay. the favorite? Okay, that's, that's fair. Okay, um, what is my least favorite Christmas carol hymn or Christmas popular I mean, whatever gets
1: on your nerves the most, okay? I will start with what
0: gets (laughs) on my nerves, and then I'll tell you some favorites. Oh, God. The worst Christmas song of all time, in my personal opinion, and I've had to argue with this with Chrissy and Leanne last year, (laughs) is Mary Did You Know. Oh, you're going to argue with my mother. That's her <laughs> Let Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes. The, the reason I, I cannot do it is not just the smarmy sentimentality <laughs> or the terrible, terrible atonement theory in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we're singing about atonement at Christmas is also problematic. Mm-hmm. But anyway it's the fact that actually it's so theologically inaccurate. Mary was the only person who did actually know anything (laughs) about who Jesus was according to the gospel. So the the song is actually non-biblical. I mean, Mary in the gospel of Luke, which is really where we get the Christmas story, it knows more than anybody knows that Jesus is coming to turn the world upside down Mm -hmm. and to cast the mighty from their thrones. And the Magnificat is probably the most important text in the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. And here, this this imagined Mary is somehow confused and wondering, you know. And somebody's asked Mary, "Did you know that he was going to grow up and do this?" And Mary, "Did you know?" And actually, Mary, <laughs> Mary's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was coming to trample on these, on all of your uh, preconceived notions of what the world should be, and to flip the world upside down, and to do a great reversal, and to bring the kingdom. Because I'm going to teach him that." Mm-hmm. I'm his mother, mm. and that's what I'm about, and yeah. so I'm going to teach my son about that because that's what it—that's what he's come for, and that's what I'm going to teach him. So it's like this idea that somehow Mary, um, this idea, Mary, did you know? It puts Mary in this really sentimental kind of patriarchal mm. world where she just is this wonderful. Mother who sits and ponders her child's destiny instead of being an active mother mm. who knows what their child's destiny is going to be because they're going to teach him what the destiny is as a social justice warrior, which is what she was. <laughs> I mean, that's what the song says. You can <laughs> read the song however you want, right? But uh, so I hate "Mary Did You Know" because it's like mm-hmm. the worst theology. And then the other song that I hate, this is going to go popular. This is not Christmas Carol anymore, but is "Do They Know It's Christmas Time in Africa."
1: Oh, I've never heard that song.
0: What? Yes, you have. I don't think I've heard that song. It's on the radio all the time. Do they know it's Christmas? Oh, I didn't know know that was Africa in Africa. Yeah, it's all about whether or not they know it's Christmas in Africa. Oh,
1: my gosh. They did
0: that as Band-Aid did that as like a a song to raise money for poor people in Africa. (gasps) Oh. So the song, oh, of course, is about do they know? Because there's no snow, right? That's part of it.
1: Okay. There's See, no I... snow, <laughs>
0: and you know, uh, it's all about poverty in Africa. And do they know that they Do they know it's Christmas there right now? And trying to create this sentimentality and the the, the bleeding heart to give money to to help Africa. Now, some people are saying, then what's wrong with that? <laughs> of course, they know it's Christmas in Africa. Thank of gosh. course, they know it's Christmas in Africa. They don't need snow to celebrate Christmas. You think They're it was not. snowing in the Middle East when Jesus was born? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a damn break! I mean, the sentimentality around it is unbelievable. Yeah, right? it just shows how, which is I think part of what you're doing with this podcast, how Western Christian Western Christmas traditions have have been so absorbed. And Christianity has been so absorbed into those Western Christmas traditions that we can no longer parse out the difference between Christianity and and western christmas Mm -hmm. celebrations anymore they're all mixed up and intertwined together um and i'm not trying to sound like a humbug because i love christmas Mm -hmm. but i just feel like there's there is the sentimentality before you even get to the consumerism oh my gosh yeah the sentimentality alone is at such a high peak that it's hard to even breathe people are it's just like sweet candies (sighs) sweet cards yeah sweet 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 yeah so anyway so this are my two least favorite. <laughs> I was like, <laughs>
1: do you want to do it? your, do you okay, do your um, least favorite? Okay. Um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I hate Christmas. I hate a lot of Christmas songs. I just think, <laughs> I was trying to find one to sing f- for church and, um, you know, I'm struggling because I don't like most of Stick them. Stick with the hymns. Um, uh, I know. But, um, <laughs> even some, even some of those oh, are yeah. tragic. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I hate Silent Night. Okay. Oh j- boy. Woo. I don't, I don't, uh, if C- I heard caution. it, caution, <laughs> caution, if I heard it, I'm not. It's not gonna. But I don't want to sing it. I guess I'm also yeah, approaching yeah. this from like a singing perspective. I'm just so tired of singing I'm them. Tired of it. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I pretty much. I. You know. Growing up. I, my favorite. This is in, my favorite songs were all about the like, not religious ones. I mean, okay. I did like Oh Holy Night. I mean, Mariah Carey. She yes. did the best version. Well, no, best the best version. Oh Holy Night.
0: That's a social justice song.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if you know the history of O Holy Night, but it's written by a French socialist. Yeah. And it talks about breaking the chain shall he break, for the slave is our brother. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Oh, I guess I don't. See, I don't listen to these songs
0: <laughs> as indefinitely as I... Oh, I'm all my... about the words, man. I feel like, yeah, the, the second verse, um, change shall he break, so the slave is our brother. I'm, I'm getting the rest of it. Um, I'm missing the rest of it, but basically, the, this whole second verse is about liberation from slavery. It's an anti-slavery mm-hmm. song. It's an anti-oppression song. Yeah, um,
1: I should go back and review some of this. And in His
0: name, all oppression shall cease. That's the that's the second verse.
1: Yeah, that is. see. Now I don't that's like listen song.
0: deep to these things anymore. That's a song. Yeah. So, like, I think you know, sing "Oh Holy Night" anytime you want. I mean, I do. I, I enjoy. Whole,
1: I enjoy the whole album first of all, Mariah Carey. Um, well,
0: Mariah Carey Christmas album is one of the top like ten all time Christmas albums.
1: Yes, ever. but so many of that, so much of the stuff is not Christmas. It's love love songs. That's and okay. yeah. the, it, I brought this up because a parent that goes to our church says that, that their child, their seven year old child's favorite Christmas song is. Last Christmas, <laughs> I, I saw that email the very yes. next day. I was like, "What does this child know about this?" And know. It has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do with anything, right? <laughs> um, and so it's, it's extremely frustrating when we're in this season, and that's what we hear on the radio. And I'm I not even—I don't even listen to the radio yet. Christmas, you know, I have my 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 albums. My—I
0: actually kind of like that one, the Wham song. Mm-hmm. Only because it's got at least a little bit of pathos in it. There's some pain in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. There's so a little need bit pain, of pain. <laughs>
0: Well, it's not real. It's yeah. not real if there's yeah. no pain. Even yeah. if the song moves to like hope, if there's no like, even like all I want for Christmas is you. What? What? Why are you singing that if you already got them? Right. Right. If they're already there, everything's fine. Right. No, 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 you're singing this because you're like, mm-hmm. this is what I want as my Christmas gift. There's an absence. There's a lack. <laughs> yeah. Some something's missing, right? Yeah. Or I'll be home for Christmas. One of my favorite Dolly Parton. Oh. that trim the tree and wrap the presents, put the Christmas music on. There's, well, what's the, what's the issue there? Well, they're not home. Mm -hmm. There's the pain. Right. 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 You see what I'm saying? Like something's got to be wrong. I do love, I do love the
1: (laughs) the pain. There's (laughs) got to be pain. There's
0: got to be something.
1: I do. My favorite song probably is Christmas Shoes. I mean, they Uh, had a a movie good with it. Talk (laughs) about pain. Okay. This
0: is terrible. This is not, not (laughs) (laughs) wait, 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 not the one with I'm on a body. (laughs) Mia, come on. (laughs) I can't with the sentimentality of that song. I can't. It's it's, too much. There is pain in there. There's pain. I I get you. (laughs) But it's like... It's super, super it's cheesy. cheesy. It's right? so okay, cheesy, okay. I know. you I get, you I get it. it, I
1: get it. It's <laughs> cheesy, and, and, you know, ultimately, I think most of these songs are, which is why we struggle, and, I mean, you're right, sticking to the hymn is probably, the hymns are probably best for for most, most of these songs, um, but I bring this up because I, growing up, I clearly wasn't listening to the, the lyrics of half of these songs, no. um, and I had no idea that there we were supposed to wait to play certain things, even in church, right? We just... Yes. Thanksgiving came, we were singing, Oh, come all you faithful. Yes. yes. (laughs) And you know, the first, the first Sunday we, we didn't celebrate Advent. And so I think this is important because I I was really introduced to Advent in a kind of condescending way at a a church that I worked, no, at a church that I worked for in, in which, um, People were just kind of like, don't you know, we don't sing that yet. And I was like, I actually don't know. (laughs) But it was kind of assumed that everybody had had this knowledge of this season. And so many of us did not grow up with it. And so I think.
0: Well, that that sounds like it's coming from sort of like a mainline privilege place.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I mean, the people that I know that grew up with it grew up in a mainline denominations. Um, And.
0: You know, and high liturgy, place, yeah, high like liturgy places, here,
1: right? High liturgy, right, where mm-hmm. things are kind of written down, and you, you say the same thing, and you when you light the candle, and we didn't, right. we didn't have that, and so I was, it was kind of three years ago. I was like, oh, okay, there's this new thing,
0: right? Okay, welcome. I think that that's a good point. <laughs> like, so traditions are, some traditions can be really important and great. Mm-hmm. i let me make that sentence as careful as I can. Traditions, particularly liturgical traditions, can be wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we cannot assume everyone knows them mm-hmm. or that they're going to come and just love them because they show up and they see it or experience it. Right. They need context. They need education. They need, uh, they need you to tell them why it's meaningful to you so mm-hmm. that they may also find it meaningful. Mm-hmm. So if our own members can't articulate the meaning and significance of Advent— then they are not going to be able to share with those who come from a non-liturgical tradition to our church and find that, in fact, this tradition is here. And they might say, well, why don't we just sing Christmas carols? Why don't we just bring Santa in? Why don't we just, you know, (laughs) like, why why are we trying to do this weird thing where we're pretending that they haven't been playing Christmas music since Halloween? Right. Like, what is it? You know, why why is the church year different than the— than the you know Roman calendar that we follow, right. like what what is and why would we not just sync them up and make it all figure out? This is confusing. It's very confusing, and particularly after most people have bought bought like ninety percent of their presents already <laughs> on Black Friday, mm-hmm. and now we're like the the first thing we say to them after they've got their tree up and all their presents is wait, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. Christmas yet. That waiting. The, the church's message is completely counter. It's yeah, a, it's totally countercultural right out of the gate. Yeah, uh, And so if you don't explain why you're being countercultural, you just seem like a Scrooge,
1: mm. like a bah
0: humbug the whole time through Advent. Why don't you want to celebrate? Why don't you want to be festive? Why don't you want to be happy like the rest of us who are right. drinking eggnog and putting <laughs> up lights and mm-hmm. just like grinning from ear to ear and super excited about, you know, parties and sweaters and,
1: right.
0: you know, stuff, right? Yeah. So, but the I I so I think what you're saying is like we can't lord tradition over people who don't get it. We have to give a non-judgmental space of journey mm-hmm. and education for people who might not know what Advent is and can right. walk into it and experience it and give them some context to help them understand where did it come from, why do we care about it, what is it supposed to be about. Uh, why should we care about it? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? What's the purpose?
1: Right, know? and 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 you know, something as simple as I'd say Crash Course Advent for Dummies, which I can get. Nice. I can give you Advent for Dummies. There's I can't give you much. A of, book on that. <laughs> there Advent probably is a yellow book. Yes. Um, uh, There's a you,
0: yellow book that's Family Gatherings for Dummies.
1: I can use that too. I, mean, <laughs> I, I will gift that to some of my family members who need that. Um, for the holidays and beyond, um,
0: Those are high pressure situations. <laughs> high
1: pressure, um, but even something as simple as the candles, right? So ah. there's there's these four, three purple ones, a pink one, and then there's a white one in the center, or yes. sometimes a white one separate. Or if it's a, re- I don't know, it's how we do. We I yes. usually have a wreath. It's a wreath, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's not. Things sim- as simple yes. as that. What are the what are the four themes? Why do they matter? We, we have hope. We have peace. We have joy. We have love. What is this all about? And so, I really want us to get into this today. Okay. Um, and so, what I really want to just kind of chat about a little bit is: when did you first start celebrating Advent? Mm-hmm. Um, and and what ha- what has it how has it grown for you over the years? And I, I said on the last episode that I. Three years, I said that today and last episode. Three years ago was my first advent. I didn't grow up with advent. Yes. Um, the only candles we lit were Kwanzaa candles, and they were red, black, and green. <laughs> See, now we need to understand and, that And um, um, tell us about that. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but that was after Christmas. That was, you know, that starts the day after Christmas. So we didn't do this. And so this each of the Kwanzaa mean.
0: candles have a be- different meaning. Oh, they
1: them. do. Oh, yeah. Umoja, Kudichakalia, yes. Nia Imani, Ujima'a. Gosh,
0: you translate those for us um, or
1: not? <laughs> I, next episode. I got <laughs> to go. I gotta go, I, go back and do Kuji Kujichakalia was my favorite. It means self-determination. Mm. Not Kumba. creativity. Nia means Man. purpose. Umoja means unity. Okay. And Imani means faith. I mean, so you I got to go do some. Uh, There's two more. <laughs> okay. But I, I got to go do some homework. Next episode. But we didn't, ha- we didn't have this tradition. So I'm curious about your, your stories. Yeah. Some of
0: those candles would go better with the text I'm preaching this advent probably than then than the <laughs> self-determination of the, self-determination baby that's that's the yeah. story of the women in Jesus family tree yeah all right that's a tangent but so advent for dummies for me when did I start so 40 years ago in utero <laughs> my family has always celebrated advent since I was a very very young child I uh, grew up Methodist. Methodists are crazy about Advent, at least the liturgical ones are, mm-hmm. and my parents are highly liturgical. And uh, I was, you know, I'm the son of a uh, very faithful c- couple that were lay ministers in the Methodist church and always celebrated Advent. My mom liked to teach about Advent. We always had an Advent wreath in our home, not just at the church. We always had one in our in our house. Sometimes my mother would buy me an Advent calendar that I opened every day in Advent, and sometimes they had chocolate in each door. Mm or like a little gift or a present or a keychain or something you know and so um i was very early on introduced to the theme of waiting that is part of what the advent season is about is it, is a, it's a a it is a, a season of waiting in expectation mm-hmm. and anticipation of the coming of Jesus or the incarnation, instead of a full blown celebration right out of the gate, right after Thanksgiving, it is a time of. It's almost like Lent every time in the in the liturgical year. Well, I gotta feel like I gotta back up. Christians follow a different year than the Roman calendar. Hmm. Take a moment to digest that while you're driving for a second. <laughs> and the New Year's Day for Christians. Who followed the Christian calendar or the liturgical? You know how Jewish folks have a different calendar, mm-hmm, than the, mm-hmm. so do Christians. We just happen to forget about this. Yeah, New Year's Day is the first Sunday of Advent. Okay, and so let's say each year, you know, has a different gospel focus.
1: You're right. Uh, three-year
0: cycle and the first and you change over from one gospel to the next on the first Sunday of Advent.
1: That's right. That's why when you're in the lectionaries, you're A, B and C, they start with Advent. God, I'd never put that together.
0: Yeah, so Advent <laughs> 1 is New Year's Day. So oh you should have a church New Year celebration on Advent. Sometimes some churches do this. They know okay. more about it than that mm-hmm. than we are here on that. But um so you move to so like that's why I'm preaching from Matthew, really, but mm-hmm. preaching stories based out of Matthew throughout mm-hmm. the Advent season this year because we're in year A. yeah, And we went to year A from year C on the first Sunday in Advent. So we're in a mm-hmm. new year. The mm-hmm. rest of the world is not in a new year for another month, but we already are. And in the new year, Christians, interestingly, the Christian calendar begins with the end. And so it, be, it begins with a, a, an, an, a an exploration of the second coming. Mm -hmm. or the second advent, which is really where the word advent came from. Advent means coming. Mm -hmm. So for those wonderful liberal Christians listening to this podcast, you're going to wonder why we should celebrate Advent at all if you don't believe in the second coming. But actually, Advent began as a celebration or a penitential waiting of teaching people how to wait for the return of Christ Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or the end of the world. So I love your theme, Advent or Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because the original... Celebration of Advent was not just waiting for the incarnation, but really a penitential season of preparation and waiting to learn what it's like to live in the in-between time between Christ's resurrection and ascension and whatever you believe there and Christ's return and teaching Christians to live in this in-between limbo period of uh, uh, liminal space that we have to live in as as Christians in the, in the already, but not yet, as we call it. So well,
1: let yeah. me just pause here and I'll just back up. So for those of you who are wondering this kind of cycle year, A, B, and C, we go, the, the gospels are, that they're talking to you about are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We are not talking about John, right? John gets
0: included in the Mark year. Okay. Okay. But John is twice as long as Mark.
1: Yeah. And so, so people usually go with Mark's yeah, truncated version.
0: You get John kind of thrown in as you go along in each of the other years, but John doesn't get John's own year.
1: Right. and Is it because he's not a synoptic supposedly? Okay. That's, <laughs> Oh, they just—they just didn't want to have
0: a year D. Yeah, they didn't want to do four <laughs> years. They liked the idea of three years cycle, okay. um, and so they just cut out a bunch of John and didn't do it much of John. And it was, yeah, you're right. It was synoptic priority. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, people, they love, you know, it's like historical priority. As if some okay. people, this argument that somehow John is less historical than right. Luke is a little interesting to me because yeah. there's some stuff in Luke that is not historical. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so you get into this like advent. You have this sort of tension between. The celebration of the first advent and the the learning and preparation and waiting for the second advent all wrapped up in the same season. Mm-hmm. So when you say the word coming or advent, with what it means coming,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're you're talking about waiting for. So all the scripture texts in every year are all about the end of the world. Yeah, they are. At least all the yeah. way halfway through Advent. Yeah, yeah we read one turn. last
1: the one last week from Matthew that was yeah. I think I preached on the Luke version a couple of months ago, right? right that's right. Jesus is trying to tell the disciples that yeah. something's coming, The something's end coming, something end terrible is happening.
0: Two people yeah. are in a field, one yeah. is taken, one's left. And that's basically, those are the texts for Advent because yeah. it's a celebration of or a waiting of or a remembrance of how to wait for the return, how to, how to be prepared for the end of the world is how I say mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, your, it's your Y2K without guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. It's It's the spiritually and... Uh, faithfully prepared mm-hmm. for the end of the world, yeah. which, by the way, we could use some of that. Yeah, given where we're at, with we the really could of catastrophe. We right? really could. Yeah. So I don't think the themes of the original themes for Advent are 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 all bad. I think they are exciting and interesting. But mm-hmm. most people are think of Advent as a preparation period for the celebration of Christmas. Yeah. And and it I I kind of describe it like this. It's it's like a meal. And Advent, Advent is the main course. Advent is, let's say, if you're, if you're a vegetarian, it's steak dinner. If you're not a vegetarian, it's steak dinner. <laughs> yeah. If you're a vegetarian, it's, it's like the most eggplant, delicious egg tofu. Eggplant parmesan. Or eggplant parm, <laughs> some delicious salad, right? It's, it's the main course is Advent. And dessert is Christmas. And everybody wants dessert first. And they ruin their appetite mm. for Advent. Interesting. And they don't eat the meal. So yeah. it's like what I always, you know, I think what's helpful for people is if you say like, you will appreciate the chocolate cake of Christmas far more if you walk through the journey of Advent, mm-hmm. the season of preparation.
1: Yeah. Now I, I think this is interesting because um, not, th- not 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 so much that Advent is a Debbie Downer <laughs> or <laughs> Dan or Dan is. Downer who you know just <laughs> yes Dan Downer, <laughs> um, but uh, for for many people I think people are naturally walking through Advent and they don't even have a space to do that. I mean I think a lot of us are are not mm-hmm. Christmassy right now, and I think many of us are in our own ways walking through these seasons of of waiting or yes. I mean, you kind of feel like you're in a holding pattern, like the airplanes are waiting to land. Right. Ah, yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I wish there was more space for that sort of honesty and transparency during the season. Even the churches that are celebrating Advent, there's still a lot of commotion. There's still a lot of Christmas. It's like in the air, you can't get it out of your, out of your blood, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the original, uh, Advent w- didn't really start until about 400 years after the death of Christ. And, the, and so, um, it begins really as a season of fasting in preparation for the Feast of the Nativity is what they called it, not <laughs> Christmas. Christmas didn't come to much, much later. The Feast mm. of the Nativity was a celebration of the coming of the the Magi. Yeah, They didn't celebrate the birth the way we do. Mm. They celebrated what they called the Nativity. And so this is why the Eastern Orthodox still celebrate what their Christmas, as they call it, which is really Nativity, on the original date that the church first did it, the Nativity Festival predates um, any Christmas. Mm-hmm. There was no Christmas celebration for a long time. What there was was a celebration of the Incarnation that was called Nativity, mm-hmm. and sometimes the wise men got in. Sometimes it wasn't very really narrative driven; it was more the- 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 theological. Okay. It was more about the appearance of God in flesh. It was okay, theophany. Yeah, Epiphany. Yeah. Um, so Epiphany actually predates Christmas. People, now it's like this tiny little right. feast. Right. Was this the first? King uh, the first cake. Thing, right? and you like <laughs> talk well, about n- the Don't jockey. talk
1: about my king cake now, okay? I'm okay. okay. from New Orleans. In, in New Orleans, it's big.
0: But here, it's <laughs> like you might buy a king cake if you're like being extra. But yeah. like not, I mean. It's I will not, buy a king cake for you all okay, this year. I'm happy, dude. I'm Look for the baby in there. <laughs> but like it's a small, tiny little feast mm-hmm. here in America. Whereas for many generations in Christianity, nativity was all they had. There was no there was no Christmas. So mm. Christmas then gets added really related to the celebration of the winter solstice and a big yeah. Roman festival that was already celebrated at that time that Christians wanted to baptize so that the pagan paganism wouldn't be interrupting their their holiday yeah. uh, with, with wild frivolity. So mm-hmm. uh, they added this sort of season of Christmas to, mm-hmm. to the midst of it, uh, focused around the actual birth and not the theophanies yeah. that come later. Yeah. Um, so we get this sort of Beast related to that, but but Advent is was originally this time of fasting. So imagine if after on the day after Thanksgiving you went into a forty day fast, or even thirty day fast.
1: I mean, we need it.
0: <laughs> Some and of us the thirty need day it. fast was all about fasting in prayer in preparing your heart and your life for receiving the incarnation anew. Mm. And that so there's this, it's this kind of sense of every feast season in the Christian tradition has a preparation season. And Advent is the preparation season for the feast.
1: Mm. That is so Easter has uh-huh. a,
0: Easter's a feast and you have Lent as yeah. the preparation for the feast. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. that's kind of true all throughout. Yeah. Um, and um, so anyway, I think that I think we've lost a lot of that. I think um, that's why I think Advent has become very countercultural mm. in our world. You know, yeah. the last thing people are doing between Thanksgiving and Christmas is fasting. Yeah. They're also not waiting. No. They're running around like crazy, you know, and a lot of them are, the only thing they're waiting for is to open presents on <laughs> Christmas Eve, right? They're not waiting for Jesus to be born, right? Mm-hmm. And there's certainly not a lot of folks sitting and reflecting in anticipation uh, and doing a lot of deep meditation or devotional work and the preparation for the season. Yeah, it, The problem with it is, it, and this is where I think it gets... Hard and and shallow for some people who are going through real life. Mm-hmm. Advent is more in touch with real life. That's right. Most of our life is in the in between. That's right. We're in the mess, in the darkness, mm-hmm. in the preparation. We're not feasting all the time. We're mm-hmm. in, we're, somebody's sick, somebody's dying. We're grieving, we're in pain. Yeah. We've lost someone. Uh, we've had a ton of loss in our church in the last That's year. Right. People are grieving. Yeah. A lot of people grieving. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm grieving. We're all grieving in Mm -hmm. this time. So when you get this just blast of Christmas as the hallmark way of putting it, Mm it's 25 days of feasting. Yeah. 25 days of Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. 25 Christmas movies or 40 Christmas movies. Now it's 40. That's too much feasting. Yeah. So Too much consumerism, too much buying, too much everything. It's also too much forced cheer. Yes. That's another thing that I think the season— where we where we, we where we get into trouble with people is we want to force on them a sense of the christmas spirit that's almost too smarmy and saccharine and mm-hmm. and it's like not real instead of letting us take the time to lean into people where they really are which is what advent is mm-hmm. lean in with the pain yeah. and the darkness and the fact that it's the darkest time of year
1: mm-hmm. into their
0: lament into the preparation, into the confusion and the mystery and the 400 years of exile that we celebrate and sing about in every Christmas hymn Mm -hmm. that has come to a conclusion and lean into the exilic part and what that means and what we learn in the preparation so that we can get there, then we've owned the pain and can really celebrate a true feast of joy, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of darkness, right? So you imagine somebody who just lost their spouse Mm -hmm. and it's the first Sunday of December. Yeah, and they come to church, and every song is a joy to the world. Christmas Carol. Now, how do they? How can they do that? Now, they might they might not be able to sing that on Christmas Day, for that matter. But they certainly should not be, you know, forced in this mm-hmm. situation to have to deal with that for twenty five days. Yeah, and also kind of there's all, when you sing, you know, when you're in the feast mode for the whole time of the December period. When the feast actually comes, you're already full. Right. right? There's no, you know, There's nothing I would, special.
1: I would feel such a big letdown after Christmas was yes. over. I'd be like, yes. God, what's next? Now, now, granted, my favorite season is actually Epiphany. I, Ooh, I enjoy, okay. I enjoy Mardi Gras. Okay. So I enjoy, you know, I yes, grew up with that. Yes. So there was always something else coming that I knew was coming. But it was such a big letdown, you know. Yeah. like Christmas is
0: here. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like the day of it. You, I remember being a kid and you have, after you've opened the presents, you've been waiting for that moment for so long and you think it's you've, you've made in your mind what it's going to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's almost, like, uh, it's almost like the wedding night for some folks. Just, I'm not trying to mess with your lives. But no. It's... it's almost like the wedding night for some folks. Like everybody's made it in their minds. It's going to be this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they get to it, and then it's like over real quick. And everybody's like, "God, I
1: spent fifty thousand dollars on this." What
0: (laughs) was this? Is it?
1: This is it. This is it. This is fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand (laughs) dollars. Yeah.
0: I mean, Christmas is that expensive for some people. It's yeah, 5, and think about the budgets people are spending on Christmas: eight thousand, ten thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand. Some people buy cars, like it's a crazy. Oh, you're
1: right. I guess I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah,
0: the weddings are. Christmas might be as expensive as a wedding for yeah. some people because of the what they're thinking they need to do. The decorations alone, the food, mm-hmm. start adding the decorations, the food, the presents. That's right. The travel, travel. That's I right. I mean, it just starts going up and up and up and. Uh, obviously, it keeps the economy rolling. I understand all the capitalist arguments for it. But um, I think that there's too much feasting. Yeah. To the point where the, the real feast, which actually is supposed to begin on Christmas morning and is only 12 days long. Mm-hmm. It, if you would really if we had if people really did this right and then nobody's ever going to listen to me on this but i <laughs> I'll just try try some options here I'll listen so there's like let's say you you did Advent and you were maybe fasting or you were at least being penitential and reverend and mm-hmm. stuff for a couple of then you get to Christmas day instead of it being a letdown, and by the way that's when they turn all the Christmas carols off all the radio stations yeah, the day that Christmas begins yeah. What if from that day for the next twelve days you opened a present every, every day, day? Like for it's 12 supposed days. to be. The twelve, the 12 on the, the yeah, da, da, da. Right. partridge and a pantry, <laughs> yeah. right? Which all have like different Christian meanings. That's a whole other story for another day. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's like supposed to be a different and you celebrate Christmas as a feast for t- twelve days. But see, here's the thing. If you've been feasting for twenty five, you mm-hmm. have to rest on Christmas Day. Because yeah. you're exhausted. Yeah. And you're so wiped out. Yeah, you've wrapped all the presents, you've got everything ready, and then it's this big high for a moment, and then a huge yeah. letdown, and then you're at the movies later that day, and you're thinking, will this day ever end? You right, know? it's like Christmas Day. It's now we're at, you know, we're watching whatever movie it is. Yeah, we're bored, we're full, mm-hmm. right? We've got all these gifts, half of them. Our clothes, that we, the other half we can't play with yet because it's yeah. cold outside. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, really, like, it's a, it can be this really huge letdown when in reality that day after Christmas Eve, which is supposed to be this really this night of like wonder, mm-hmm. you turn around and you have 12 straight days of Christmas. That right. would be a season like you would really feast. You'd feel like you really feasted after and the, that.
1: And then it would start to make sense with the larger liturgical calendar, which I do want to talk about just a little bit because... Okay. Um, just as Advent was new to me The liturgical calendar In the way that many churches You know, perform it It right. was new as well And so yes. It's supposed to you, put, you go into Three Kings Day On the 6th of January yes. Right? That's, yes. when, that's when the king cakes come out I Perfectly. do know that Because that's when the king cakes come out Okay, so I understood King's Day growing up. I understood Lent because of Mardi Gras, but I wasn't Catholic, so we didn't really celebrate Lent the same way, but the whole city was doing right. the whole city was doing Lent because it's a Catholic city. Yeah. So I understood King's Day Lent um and and Easter. Okay. And that was it. You know, we didn't. We weren't a Pentecost church. Oh, Okay, we yeah. weren't. We Pentecost were. We didn't. We didn't care. For some people, yeah. yeah, we didn't do nothing. I mean, we were Pentecost every Sunday. The Spirit came <laughs> every Sunday. Okay, so <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> we did not do a traditional Advent season. Uh, so, yeah. so this is. Uh, if you want to just talk briefly, kind of walk us through. I mean, the transfiguration. I mean, there's just so much that happens oh even between yeah. Christmas and Easter. And briefly, I have a friend who is also a minister, and she always jokes that she gets anxiety around this time of year because she's trying to figure out how Christ ages thirty three years between December and April. <laughs> she goes, "How does he get to be there? You know, she's joking yeah. clearly, but yeah. we go so fast through that period, and then there's just dead well, space. There's no text
0: know. on it. Yeah, true. There's right. one text. In the entire right, Bible, he's twelve. On Jesus he's twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's not a fun story. You're right. Great. Right. I mean, it's fun, but it's not great. You can only preach it a couple of ways. Right. So the way, the best way to think about the liturgical year is following the life cycle of Christ for the intention of becoming more in the image of Christ. Okay. So you walk through Christ's life every season and part of Christ's life throughout the year so that every year if you were to follow it mm-hmm. you would be slowly formed closer and closer into the image of Christ by following the path of Christ's life. So when we say follow Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Some people think, well that means love people. Well, but also Christians have said, yeah, let's actually get a really clear path about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Let's follow him throughout the different modes of his life. Yeah. We follow him so it begins with actually begins with the the return.
1: It mm-hmm. begins
0: with Christ's return, which mm-hmm. is part of the Bible talks about that. Then it be, it's the birth. Mm-hmm. Then it's the life and ministry. Mm-hmm. Then it's the passion. Yeah. Then it's, it's the death. death. Then it's the resurrection. resurrection. Right? Then, then it's blah, blah, blah. And then, Pentecost, then, then, the coming Pentecost, of the Spirit, right. and the birth of the church and the movement. So right. it is the story of Jesus and the church. From, and if, and that's what the liturgical year is about. You follow the life of Christ in order to be slowly, year over year, formed more into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it also spreads out the text so that pastors uh, who are notorious for doing this preach on a multiplicity of texts right. and cover the gamut of the entirety of Christ's life and don't preach, as Baptists have been known to do, the crucifixion 365 days a year. You know That's why there are more cross songs in the Baptist hymnal than there are in any other hymnal, because uh-huh. Baptists want to get... Seek people saved every Sunday, so they go right to the cross, and they mm-hmm. preach cross all year. That's true. So liturgical traditions will not do that. They'll be yeah. preaching about life, teachings, parables, stories. That's right. They'll also do old, you know, Hebrew Bible oh. and lessons yeah. that compare and contrast, mm-hmm. because it's the story. It's not just the story of Jesus; it's the story of Israel, Jesus, and the Church.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are all Christian mm-hmm. part of the Christian story. Yeah, good, and so. So when you skip Advent, you skip a huge part of celebration of Christ's life. Yeah. And you also, I think, water down the birth story by overly celebrating that too soon and not doing the work of waiting. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, think about like the waiting of Mary and Joseph. And you think about the story of the Annunciation and Mm -hmm. Mary's connection with Elizabeth. And these are just the stories in the gospels about that happened before the birth. Mm -hmm. And you think about the story of the Magi and the, and you think about Joseph deciding whether or not he's going to stay with Mary, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, there's, a, you know, and then the other thing is another character that we always have to remember that comes up in Advent most years is John the Baptist.
1: Yes, that every, comes up, all,
0: prepare you the way of the Lord. Every year. Every year. Because you know, yeah. he's considered the forerunner yeah. uh, who comes and proclaims the way and points that, points that Christ is coming. And so mm-hmm. Advent's not totally complete without John. I used to, I had, well, my last year I preached a sermon where I told people that they need to get a John the Baptist for their manger. Because really he is the quintessential really? Advent yeah. character. Yeah. And he should be saying, happy Advent, you brood of You know, something like that.
1: Yes. Yes. He was not very nice about (laughs) it either. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit. um, This week is Peace Week. Mm. So we've covered a little bit of basics of Advent. But you mentioned earlier that... um, this doesn't necessarily line up with the lectionary, the common lectionary, yeah. which yeah. is fine because you're not preaching on that anyway. But. Not, I just mess, I mess around with yes. it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was interesting because I'm sitting around thinking about all of these, you know, hope, peace, love and joy can become very shallow mm-hmm. if we don't really dig deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, was, mm-hmm. I started looking up some materials about what is peace on earth. You know, there's this promise of peace on earth. Right. Yes. And I found this article written in February 2013 by a peace activist John Deere.
0: Love John Deere.
1: Yes. He has a a quote that really kind of punched me in the face. Uh, But it it says, 2,000 years later, the world continues to reject the things that make for peace. It remains stuck in the old cycle of war, militarism, empire, poverty, and injustice. And he goes on to say that the empire's weapons have the power to destroy the entire planet. Mm. Catastrophic climate change is upon us and looks to bring unprecedented new levels of violence and destruction in its wake. End Mm. quote. Mm. Mm
0: -mm.
1: Given that we are in the year of awakening to environmental injustice. Yes. And we're in a season where we're supposed to be seeking peace on Earth. It doesn't quite seem like we are, it seems like a cognitive dissonance moment Mm. where we're saying one thing and doing another over and over again. And so I'm just wondering, what does peace look like? I'm just, I'm sitting here trying to figure that out. Peace personally, peace universally. I mean, Mm. um, are we just going to light the candle and say, yes, peace on earth (laughs) and then go into the world? We go shopping after or we do something that's contributing to the uh, catastrophe that is, that is pending. I, I just... I feel mm-hmm. like I'm. I'm. I want to embrace Evan, but I'm. I'm walking through motions, or people around me are walking through motions and not taking it mm-hmm. to heart.
0: Yeah. So in Ephesians it says that he came preaching peace, for he is peace. Mm-hmm. That Christ made peace between Jew and Gentile, and you know ended the hostility between humanity, and that. So the gospel is a gospel of peace, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think we forget that the gospel is the way, it is the things that make for peace love, grace, humility, hospitality, relationship, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Non judgment, non violence, Mm. um, inclusivity. Yeah. These are the things that make for peace. And they build communities of peace, beloved communities where peace can exist between people, even people who might not have the same exact opinion. So it's there's there. And then, you know, there are many different kinds of peace. There's like interpersonal peace, inter- yeah. individual peace, inner peace, mm-hmm. you know, corporate peace, communal peace, you know, international peace, yeah. all these different kinds of peace. And and I think we should be working on all levels for that. Um, I think when I look at the Christmas story and I think about it in terms of apocalypse, um, I see creation conspiring for peace. Okay. Creation conspires with God for the creation of peace. How does creation conspire with God? A star in the sky, a constellation is what leads people Mm -hmm. from from far off lands, magi from possibly magicians from Persia, not kings, but Mm -hmm. magicians of some Mm -hmm. kind from Persia, confused as kings, Mm -hmm. um, who study the stars and the movements of the earth and are astrologists scientists basically you know pagan scientists if you would call them that who find their way through this constellation to bow as foreigners before the Jewish king you know and then betray the violent current Jewish king in order to find their way back home without having to tell him what's really going on because they know he's violent there is this sort of subversive peace that's happening, mm-hmm. right? They they travel across the—we don't know that they were necessarily on camels or all that. We we don't know much about these magi, we, mm-hmm. and we don't even know how many there were. Right? Yeah. We just know they came. They were not Jews or Christians, certainly not, because mm-hmm. that didn't exist. Uh, and they find their way through a constellation. So here's cre- creation conspiring to bring people together from across the— Foreign, foreigners together from across nationalities and ethnicities and religions and cultures and scientific beliefs and backgrounds to the to this moment of encounter, of peaceful encounter, so peaceful an encounter that they don't they they protect the they protect the baby and send Jesus into Egypt right mm-hmm. to hide mm-hmm. to survive Herod's slaughter. This yeah. is a real act of peace. Yeah, it saves in some ways saves humanity in this kind of act. Mm-hmm. So there is this. You see creation conspiring or God using creation or working with creation because God and creation are in, in cohorts. And then you have these other – you have the donkey carrying Mary for many, many miles. And you have the animals in the manger you imagine there had to have been, you know, this – where is Jesus born? He's laid in a feeding trough for animals. The connection between humanity and, cre- and creature mm-hmm. is, is so interwoven in that story. Because they're so vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so I see creation conspiring for peace there. And I think that's there is an implicit peace within the natural order of or harmony. Yeah. Of the way things are when they're in right relationship. That you when they're in say. right relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They're not right now. They're
1: not. And and another quote that I found said that humans will destroy themselves, and then there will be peace on earth. Oof, <laughs> a little bit harsher, bye, bye, but bye. this is not John Deere. This is somebody else. But there's something about creation conspiring for peace, and that might mean—
0: It may mean we that we have to t- wipe off the, the cancerous agent that's destroying yeah. us from in- inside, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a bo- antibodies that come and destroy mm-hmm, the the, mm-hmm. the cells that have— that have gone rogue, right? You know, and are doing their own thing. You right. Know? And that's kind of how it feels like right now when we just continue to ignore these cl- these clear moments, uh, cliff moments. I call them. Mm-hmm. Another cliff comes up, and we're we just buzz on past it as right. if it's not a big deal, right? You know. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing about peace that I think we don't we overlook in the Advent story or the Christmas story is that of all the ways for. Um, God, if you believe the Incarnation this way, Orthodox, of all the ways for God to come into the world or to use someone in the world, why would God come as an infant? Mm. That is such a weird thing. Like, why not take on the body of a brazen soldier who has already fought in many battles or take on the body of a Roman general or Mm. Roman emperor and turn them to peace. Why Why be born in such a vulnerable way? Mm. And so there is this, there is a defenselessness. Jürgen Moltmann has a sermon on Christmas that it's called the, it's like the defenseless child or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how, or I think it's the disarming child, disarmed and defenseless or something like that. And it's basically about how Christ's or the, Jesus's be, defenselessness disarms the world. Yeah. Because it comes in so could have been easily stamped out and killed. In fact they tried to. Yeah. Right?
1: That's interesting because one of the one of the scriptures for this particular week, if you're following the common lectionary, Good. is the yes. is the Isaiah eleventh, the stump of Jesse, yes. right? And we've been talking about trees in our one of our Bible studies here, the Awakening Ooh. Bible study, and one of the things that people have been pointing out is that if you are kind of doing supersessionism and, and assuming that Isaiah is talking about Jesus here. That's if you are assuming Isaiah's talking about Jesus, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Jewish people aren't, right. um, but that it's coming from something that's almost nothing. The stump yes. of Jesse. Right. Yes. It's not coming from a tree that it's is dead. right. It's dead. It's small, probably. I mean, it's not it's coming lifeless. from a big one of the big oak trees that are talked about over and over again in the Bible or an olive tree or a fig tree, something that's already yeah. producing fruit in yeah. the world. It's coming from something that needs to.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what yeah. they say. God is a show off. <laughs> she likes okay. to show off. She okay. likes to show off a little bit. Okay. And, and one of the ways—I I mean, I, I mean that both se- jokingly and seriously—theologically, yeah—that God, God almost always wants to use the smallest and the most broken and the deadest and the most lifeless and the most hopeless situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where that's where God usually works in yeah. those places yeah. most vividly, right? So out of this stump. A totally cut off, and what they're talking about is the lineage of the Davidic monarchy. Right, right, right. That has been completely obliterated with the exile. Right, and yet out of this stump of of Jesse, at least early followers of Jesus, and also messianic interpretations mm-hmm. of these texts yeah. by Jews. So that was those were there. Yeah, they don't believe Jesus was that. Right, but but they but still, still believe there were these messianic right. ideas that the monarchy was going to come back, and that Jesus, that somebody was going to restore the monarchy. Mm-hmm. Right. But out of that comes this root that was totally unexpected. Nobody saw it coming, and mm-hmm. it creates this whole new thing. Yeah, you know, a whole new movement of peace and love and hope and community for yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's always like. It's why David was the smallest of his brothers, mm-hmm. right? And why it's always the younger brother who somehow sneaks into the mm-hmm. to the chosenness, the the election path, and why Matthew's genealogy is filled with all kinds of wild stories of of women having to do whatever they need to do to get in the line. That's and right.
1: Making a point that if God can work there,
0: right, that's right. What can't God do? Right, and actually, yeah. it might even be might even be more radical than that. That it's like. That's where God. That's works.
1: where, that's where God prefers. <laughs> to, right. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. his
0: preferential option yeah. for the smallest and the poorest and the most vulnerable and mm-hmm. the weakest. And we mm-hmm. always go to the biggest and the brightest and the shiniest and mm-hmm. the wealthiest and the strongest. And this is why God wasn't born as a Roman empire. Mm-hmm. Roman yeah. Because God wants to be poor.
1: Mm-hmm. God
0: identifies most with the most poor the, and the, the most oppressed. vulnerable. The yeah, God of the
1: oppressed. Yeah.
0: yeah God's born. Of an unknown, poor, Jewish nothing from the poorest area of the empire, and right, like, mm-hmm. and we don't even know what happens to her husband after a couple years, yeah, right, like Mary's nobody, yeah, you know she's nobody, yeah, right, so it's mm-hmm. like here's this this nobody woman who becomes the hero of the whole faith, right, yeah. that's the story, right? yeah. There's a lot of good movies like that. You know, it's like The Golden Compass or mm-hmm. where it's like this this child out of nowhere that nobody understands. It's just... It turns out yeah. to be the chosen one. right? Yeah. Why this one? Well, yeah. because this is the one, right? Mm-hmm. It's the nobody. Um, actually, that's a Star Wars theme, too.
1: There's a lot. I mean, even with... Um... Well, isn't it Hercules' Hercules's thing?
0: Yeah, it's Hercules based on this. Right? Yeah, like where, yeah. who is this? Yeah, where they come from? Right, right, right. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. same, same kind of concept. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Interesting. Well, I think that that's, that's that wraps us up for today.
0: Well, can I leave us with a, the actual lyrics to "A oh Holy Night" that I want? Uh, okay, Cause, cause yes. They do. It, they deal with peace. So okay, I'm, yes. This is Are my, you going to sing it for us? Hell no! You should sing it. Well oh, if you give me the lyrics, I may be able to. Oh boy! No, 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 I, I don't
1: need to do it. Here's okay. the verse. Um. Uh. Let's see. I see. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His His law is love and his gospel is peace. I do know this verse. But I don't know it, but it, okay. Chain shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's great. That is what yeah. the
0: gospel, that's what Christmas is about.
1: Yeah, it is. Okay, gospel uh, is peace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I could I, I give holy, I give a holy a holy night a, a chance. I mean, I do love the song. I'm I, pretty sure you know, that everybody hears, skips
0: that verse when they sing it. Like almost, if you probably, look at all the albums, yeah, most people don't sing that verse.
1: Uh, the the pop albums the pop probably yeah, albums, yeah, yeah of course it. not yeah, yeah they sing something else yeah yeah um, but we can sing it.
0: we can yeah hmm. so sing sing o holy night the true verses and that'll help you think about peace
1: okay. Good. Well, thank you for hanging out with us today, listening yes. to us run, run on. Um, the next week we will be merging to we'll be doing love, uh, joy, yes. and love, joy and love together for our mm. final episode of this particular series. Um, but thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you and hear you hear your thoughts um, in the future.
0: Talk to you later. Uh,